sales is strictly getting something for something else. Mm-hmm. It is change of a transaction. You, whether it's giving people money for a service, giving um, attention for the outcome that you want. Basically, if you have ever gotten a child to eat their vegetables when they didn't want to, you were a salesperson. Hey, travel advisors, you are listening to the Travel Biz CEO podcast by Kinship Travel Academy. It's not enough to just love travel. You need to have the appropriate business systems, marketing strategies, and mindset tune-ups and coaching to make it in this business and step into the role of CEO. That's why we focus on all three. We are Wendy, Ashley, and Crystal, your hosts of Travel Biz CEO and the founders of Kinship Travel Academy. We are three travel advisors that saw a glaring need in the travel industry, the need to look at the whole advisor. Through our own travel business journeys, we all joined communities and signed up for courses and masterminds to help push us to the next level. And all of them ended up falling short of our expectations. That's why we started Kinship Travel Academy, where we focus on the mind, body, and soul, or the marketing, business operations, and mindset of a travel advisor. It's a program for modern travel advisors created by modern travel advisors. Welcome to the next chapter of the travel industry. Welcome back to the Travel Biz CEO podcast. I am Ashley Medish McCoy, one of the co-founders of Kinship Travel Academy, uh, coming at you from Carmel, California. And I am lucky to be joined today by Glenda Beagle up in Canada. So possibly very different weather we're experiencing today. I'm not (laughs) sure. Glenda is... I can't say an old friend because we haven't known each other that long, but I do feel like, uh, I don't know. I just felt like you're one of those people. I felt like I kind of knew when I met you. I don't know. I just felt an instant connection to you. Uh, Glenda is an awesome travel advisor who's been in the business for years. I'm going to let her introduce herself, but we met, I guess, a few years ago in another mastermind program that we participated in. And um, just over the years, I've really appreciated her wisdom and her experience and her generosity. And she's just a really kind, super smart, savvy person. So I feel really blessed that she's here to talk with us today and share some of her brilliance with us. And so without further ado, Glenda, please (laughs) tell our listeners about you. Well, gosh, you know how to make a girl blush. (laughs) Yeah. So my name is Glenda and I actually joined the travel industry more than 15 years ago. And, you know, I started, it's really funny. I actually started by applying to a blind ad. It was looking for a receptionist in a busy downtown office. (laughs) And uh, being from Alberta, you know, where oil was king and things like that. I thought I could go back to school to become a receptionist, or I could just take this job for a little while And it would um, give me the experience I needed so I could go work for an oil company. Mm. But as it turns out, it was for a travel agency. And the really funny, ironic part was before when I was in high school, I was headed to college and then at the last minute decided not to go. But I actually was headed for a travel and tourism degree, not to necessarily become a travel advisor, 
but to work in tourism as a whole, I didn't know where I was going to end up. So it's kind of one of those full circle moments when I real, when I got the phone call that it was actually for a travel agency. So that's where I started. And then from there, I worked my way up. I, we actually had an agent going on mat leave. So I approached the owner. I'd only been there a couple months and I said, here's the deal. It'll be easier to train me to take over certain parts of the business for this. And I can slide into there than it is to try and train somebody to fill in for her mat leave. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to replace me than it is to replace her. And so that's how it came. I said, I'm, you know, I'll just be a junior agent. I can just do, I can do like the bus tours. And back then they were like the grandma bus tours doing the casino routes and other such. And I can do just like the domestic flights. And so she thought about it for a moment. She goes, the only condition is you can't be a junior agent. Like we drop the junior stuff. You're either all in or all out. So that is kind of how I got going. And I actually worked at that agency for five years. Um, I had been, the plan had been to buy it, but I don't think she wanted to retire, even though she's the <laughs> one that approached me and said, you want to buy this? Cause I'm going to be retiring in two years. And after four years, um, I realized she wasn't going to. So I ended up <laughs> opening my own brick and mortar agency. And I ran that for a number of years. Um, and in about 2018, I realized it just wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. Mm-hmm. No matter how much I love the industry, no matter how much I love my clients, everything else, something was missing. And so I actually started making that progress over into business coaching at that point. And mm-hmm. by 2019, I had completely wound down my office and made my exit. Who would have known 2019 was the year to leave? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so in 2019, I went into doing business coaching, particularly on the marketing and sales strategy for small business, the brick and mortar, mom and pop. And then when, you know, 2020 came and I kind of, I'm not going to lie. I, I saw a lot of what I would call fraudulent business coaches popping up in the travel mm-hmm. industry. And I realized that I needed to come back to the travel industry and really dig my heels in. I had all this experience. I had won numerous awards over the years. I had, heck, I had traveled the world on those award trips and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had the wealth of knowledge and I could help other people. And honestly, that was my favorite part of what I had been doing. I had had outside agents, independent consultants working for me. Um, and I just love training them. So that's part of why I came back. And um, the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> There's like a, a couple of very serendipitous moments there. Like you're, um, you know, like you mentioned pursuing the tourism degree and then somehow getting lined up for a receptionist job with a travel agency. And then of course, closing your agency down in 2019. Wow. You might have some, uh, psychic abilities or something there. (laughs) You know, it doesn't matter how old you are, your parents still judge everything you do. (laughs) And um, I remember when I told my parents I was closing the agency because we also, uh, we shared a building with them, like a commercial building uh, because it was a brick and mortar. And my dad's like, how can you do this? I'm like, don't worry. I've already released the space. It's all good. Everything will continue. He's like, I can't believe you're shutting this down. Like, don't you do good? I'm like, I do very well. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to. He's like, you don't make decisions because of a want. Mm-hmm. And now we fast forward in particular, up, particularly up here in Canada, the commission recalls on all different sorts of things have been absolute mm-hmm. insanity. And so I was having a conversation with uh, them a couple of months ago. And my dad's like, wow, you got out just in time. 
said, yeah. yes, I did. You know, <laughs> I got out for an entirely different set of reasons. Right. And I do know that it was for the right reasons. And I actually truly believe there was so much to it. Um, because even though I chose to close my business, like it was 100% my choice. COVID was nowhere mm-hmm. on the radar back when we did this. Mm-hmm. I remember. I still, I still grieved the loss of my business. Mm-hmm. And I went through a significant grieving process and I had no idea. I also didn't realize how burnt out I was. And so I actually spent the rest of 2019 and into 2020 overcoming that. And I remember the first of March going, I'm here. It's all good. I can do this. And then this, and then it all hit. And I went, those poor businesses. Yeah. Also realized everything I went through and learning how to grieve and learning all the going through all the emotions and the mental health and other such of the running the business and letting that business go prepared me to be able to better help business owners um, and travel advisors as we all navigate this next world. Because everything that we did in 2019 and before, the game is different. We're playing an entirely different game now. Yeah, that's a good point. I remember seeing you at an event, I think it was November 2019, and you were talking about that, like grieving your business. And I can't imagine, I mean, it's a, when your your business is like your baby, and then when you close it, whether it's by choice and, you know, closing a successful business like yours, 100% by choice, or, you know, things happen out of your control. A lot of people had to close their business over the last year because, well, we all know why. Um, you do go through a grieving process. And I think, yeah, I didn't think about how that really probably, well, not just probably, but definitely has given you a really good insight in coaching other travel business owners. Um, And one thing I like about you is two things. You obviously grab the bull by the horns and like (laughs) positioning that agency owner to basically promote you to an agent. Some people, a lot of people don't have the gumption to do that. And so obviously you do. And the other thing is you trust your instincts. And I think that we, I mean, I don't know. I think that as society, we have moved away. Maybe it's not just society. I'm not sure, but I feel like at least I have had to relearn to trust my instincts over the last several years. I think I did as a kid. And then for some reason I lost that. So Um, I really appreciate that about you and you use it in your business. I mean, you obviously are a savvy business owner as well. And I'm sure there's a whole lot of logic and practical things that go into your decision-making, but your instincts told you what was the right thing to do. And it's, it seems like it's working out so far. So that's pretty cool. I would love to say I use logic in all of my decisions, but I would (laughs) so be lying. (laughs) I make some of the most impulsive decisions you will ever discover. I, I have dreams of writing a book one day and I'm going to call it. I sure screwed that up (laughs) because it will be everything that I screwed up, but the fact that it got me to where I was. And Mm -hmm. I genuinely believe where I've had my biggest stumbles or the things that take me the longest to overcome is when I try and put my brain in charge. Mm. So when I go just on impulse, on intuition, if I could tell you a whole story of how it came to be that I opened my own agency, but Mm -hmm. let me just say it came down to 10 minutes. Wow. 10 minutes on a lunch break. I got a phone call from my husband that said the space you wanted became available, but we have to take it today. 
And that was at 10 to one on February. What was it? February 13, February 12. I think it was uh-huh. no February 14th. That's what it was um, of 2011. And I was on my lunch break 10 to one. I had to be back at my desk at one o'clock between that 10 to one and one o'clock. I had called the landlord said, fax, my husband back in the fax days, <laughs> um, fax, my husband, a copy of the lease, the check will be on your desk by 5. PM tonight. And I walked into the office that I worked at, sat down and thought, holy crap, what have I done? <laughs> because here I was, I was walking back into my office and in Canada, as you can imagine, especially in the West or like mm-hmm. in the prairies, it is cold in February. <laughs> yeah. So we are busy, like busy, busy, busy. Oh, and booking like warm a- trips. Right. Cause people want to get away to Mexico because yeah. they're frozen. Yeah. <laughs> so I sat back down at my desk at one o'clock and all I thought was, I don't have time to think about this. I'll deal with this tonight. <laughs> and by the time I got off work, my husband had gotten off work earlier, had driven to Camrose with a check, paid the deposit on our new building. And at five 30, we were supposed to be gone at five. Took me a little while to get up from my desk at the end of the day. I said to the owner, can I talk to you? And she goes, Oh, what about? And I said, I've been thinking about this for a while. Clearly you're not prepared to sell in my, cause we, we were negotiating price, but in the process of trying to figure out what she wanted for price versus what I was willing to pay. Mm-hmm. That's how I'd come across this space was because I was trying to figure out what it would cost me to open my own agency. And I had fallen in love with the space. And I said to her, I said, I was pricing it out. I'm going to another town. We signed a lease today and I have to give you my notice. That was it. And then she, this is my favorite part. She's like, let me process this for a bit. Cause in travel, cause that was the other thing is in travel. When Mm -hmm. you give your notice, they pack you up and remove you from the building. And I'm like, this is going to be my last day. (laughs) Let me process this. I'm not quite sure what to say. Please don't say anything to the other staff. And I said, okay, Mm -hmm. well, I'm willing to give you the two weeks. She's like, okay. I don't know how long I need. Oh, I said, actually, I'm willing to give you as long as you need. Wow. Uh, Because I already knew she had trips on the go, things like that. Mm -hmm. Clearly I was not actually in a position to open an agency. I was just ready. And, um, so it wasn't until two and a half weeks later that she's like, oh, and by the way, this will be your last day. But I was going into work every day, not saying anything to any of the other employees that I was leaving. And I didn't know when my last day would be clients would call like friends of mine, I would meet them in the street and they're like, I hear you're opening an office. I'm like, yeah. They're like, when's your last day? I'm like, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) It just, it was one of those things. And I actually, to me, I left feeling so good because I knew she trusted me and it meant Mm -hmm. she, I had integrity because otherwise you would pack up an agent and get them right out of your office right away, especially the fact they were going to open a business. Yeah. Where the business was located was, you know, as the crow flies about an hour away. Cause I lived right in the middle of the two, mm-hmm. but just came. So I knew I could leave with my head held high, mm-hmm. but legitimately it came down to 10 minutes. Wow. That's cool. And it, I'm, you know, you, obviously there was a lot of thought and not to get too woo, but it sounds like there was some manifestation, you know, happening in the months, years prior, you had it you had fallen in love with that space. Like you had already want, had the intention of being an agency owner. So it's almost like, what is it? Benjamin Franklin or Thomas Edison that 
what is it? Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. I think that that's a perfect example of that. And it's just a really cool story. And I, I was curious, were you a salaried employee? Were you working on commission? How did I, I was work? actually salaried. Okay. So yeah, I was like paid by the hour type thing. Okay. Um, and you know, and it's funny because all the way through, like right down to like when I was like in junior high, mm-hmm. sales always been my jam. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely was knowing my numbers, knowing where things were at. Like I remember I calculated out what it cost for the employer to have me mm-hmm. plus what it cost to have the admin assistant person. Mm-hmm. That was my goal is every single day. I wanted to make sure that I closed enough sales that paid for me and her and anything extra was a bonus because then mm-hmm. I was going to be hitting her up for a fam because she paid for all my fams back then. Yeah. But that was always my target. So I had a number in my head. Not that I ever, when I sat down with a client, I'm like, Ooh, you're going to hit me my target. It was just something like, I'm a very competitive person. You know, <laughs> my husband would say an extremely competitive person, but you know, that's just him trying to compete and one up me, but mm-hmm. I am a very competitive person. Mm-hmm. And so it was my own internal competition mm-hmm. because I'm like, okay, what's it going to take to get them to buy this? Now, that to me was never about selling them something they didn't want, mm-hmm. but it was always that challenge of making sure I offered them the right things. Because if you mm-hmm. offer them the wrong things, they don't buy, mm-hmm. but making sure that I listened to them so incredibly intently so that if there was an opening, I could slide in there with something else. Mm-hmm. And that became my game. And so that's just been the part that I've always loved all the way along, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what industry I've been in. So again, it's that whole, you're, you've got a lot of preparation happening inside your head. And actually it sounds like you're a lot more logical thinker than you give yourself credit for <laughs> knowing those numbers and stuff. Um, but having that at your disposal so that you can make those on the spot decisions is really impressive. But that is, I'm glad you mentioned sales because that's exactly why we wanted to have you on this podcast episode because you are a sales expert And, um, this is not a topic that's ironically talked about enough in this industry. So it's really fortunate that you've, um, begun, um, digging into this and developing, um, coaching and educational services for people in this area, in our industry. And so I guess I want to open this with, you know, why have you decided to go down that route? What about sales that you think is super important right now? You know, I'm, there's a number of different things. First of all, as anybody who knows anything about marketing knows, you got to find your niche. Mm -hmm. And if you've had a look through Instagram or Facebook or something, you can find dozens of Facebook or um, Facebook classes, Instagram classes or whatever, teaching you how to market your travel business. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was no sense competing there. But the other thing is, is I didn't realize other people don't understand how to sell because it is so completely natural to me. I always laugh that everything you needed to know about selling, you learned at the farm auction. I am a country girl. I grew up going to farm auctions all the time. You know, everything from trying to figure out how to negotiate that extra pop can out of that old farmer's hand so that you could go and cash it in for the candy because then again, the competition part, because it was myself, my sister and my two cousins, because uh, my dad and uncle always went to auctions together. So the four of us would be running around and we would have competitions to see who could get the most amount of candy. 
And that was who won the pot of candy type thing. Ooh. I won every time, man. I have. Oh, wow. <laughs> but you have to negotiate with those farmers because they know there's something in it. And frankly, they're bored a little bit. Like if they can find a way, you know, to mess around with an eight-year-old girl and make her work for it type thing, mm-hmm. you know, so they, they like to harass. They like to make jokes and things like that. I learned very quickly how to think on my feet. I learned mm-hmm. very quickly how to throw it back to them and things like that. And I learned very quickly how to outthink them because mm. you do that you can get it. Sales is strictly getting something for something else. Mm-hmm. It is change of a transaction. You, whether it's giving people money for a service, giving, um, attention for the outcome that you want. Basically, if you have ever gotten a child to eat their vegetables when they didn't want to, you were a salesperson. <laughs> you got your puppy to sit down. We're training a new puppy right now. If you get your puppy to sit down, you're in sales. Parenting you know? is sales. <laughs> exactly. And so often with all of the marketing, I hear, if you don't have marketing, you don't have a business. If you don't have an email list, you don't have a business going on and on and on. And I would like, hit the pause button, people. If you don't have clients paying you money, you don't have a business Mm -hmm. because as beautiful as an email list is as beautiful as all the followers on Instagram are as beautiful as learning how to dance on a reel is great. If nobody's (laughs) giving you money, you don't have a business. Right. And so many travel uh, professionals. And I think it's because one, it's a lot of women and I do find sales are not necessarily as natural to women. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily um, something that they're, they think they're good at. I, I'm actually going to preface that, that they think they're good at it because they think it's associated with something else. They have a yeah. different to it. But the reality is you've got to look at it as you're doing something better. Like I said, if you got your kids to eat their vegetables, you sold them a bill of goods. You <laughs> got them to do it. Now, sometimes you sell using consequence Mm -hmm. and it's like, if you don't eat it, you're going to go to your room. Mm -hmm. Guess what? They're like, you know what? I, I like vegetables suddenly, (laughs) you know, and things like that. But we all associate sales with something else. And a lot of times we associate it with a bad experience. We associate it with something negative. Reality is you're serving your client. Mm -hmm. You're helping them and you can't get your client an amazing vacation that's going to give them memories that last a lifetime if you don't sell them the vacation. So you have to sell them the vacation. But a lot of times it comes down to confidence. It comes down to uncertainty and, oh my goodness, well, I got them to say yes, um, but that's a lot of money. (laughs) And people get scared of money and they don't want to necessarily push the envelope. I always say, if you get a yes off of your first quote every single time, you're screwing it up Mm. because you are not pushing people higher. You have Uh, to give them something to say no to. Interesting. Because if they don't say no, you haven't made them think about something else. Every time I hear you talk about sales, there's a mind blown moment. And that was mine just now. So (laughs) (laughs) I almost always sold off of the second quote Hmm. because then you always want to work through the objections because the other thing is, is that if you never show people what's possible beyond what's right in front of them, 
because so many times, and again, you know, being from the prairies in Canada, winter is made up of flying to Mexico because it's warm. (laughs) But even at that, throw some oddball thing in there, like a total luxury. I had learned that from an agent. He was a salary, he was a salaried agent making 450 some thousand a year in revenues for the company he worked for. And I'm like, dude, go out on your own. Oh my gosh. Yeah. One of the things that he um, said is every single quote had a luxury option on it. Mm. Even if they were a budget client. The reason for that is he let them know what was possible. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting because I heard that that was in September. I was at a conference in October. I was chatting with a lawyer that was local to our area who told me he had just booked this like three month cruise with Oceana, but he had gone to the big city for it because none of the local agents promoted anything other than cheap deals. Oh, so he didn't yeah. think they knew how to handle it. So if you don't have those conversations with people, you don't start putting other things out there, then people are going to not know what's there. Now, there's a really fine line between over um, quoting and therefore losing the sale because you're completely out to lunch and listening to what your client wants and feeding in something that's going to make them dream for more later. Mm -hmm. And so it's really finding that balance as to how to do the quotes properly so that not only are you selling this trip, you're selling future. And I think that's the biggest thing. You're never selling one trip. When you're working on a trip, you are never selling just that trip. You are selling every trip in the future. Yeah. Because you don't want a client for one trip. You want a client for a lifetime. For all their trips. Yeah. And that makes me think too of like, um, that's something that I, you know, teach the agents on my team. People don't know what travel costs. So they may come to you with a budget and then a wish list of items, you know, and you have an opportunity to shut them down immediately and say, oh, there's no way you're going to get that with that budget, or you have the opportunity to show them what they want and say, this is going to cost this. You have an option, you know, and I I get, I get saddened when I see on these travel agent forums where people go on there to vent about, uh, you know, I had a client ask me for this trip for this amount and I just laughed them off the phone. And it's like, I, I think most of the time people aren't trying to insult you. I think they just really don't know what travel mm-hmm. costs and they're yeah, willing, absolutely. they're willing to spend if they understand the value. Yeah. So you have, it's your job to educate them of the value. Um, so absolutely. that's fantastic. Like the idea of always including a luxury option and always sort of starting from a place where you can negotiate. Those are really, really great points and really good mindsets to go in in any conversation well the reality is if you've ever renovated anything of your house mm-hmm. and you've had to hire somebody to do it did you have a clue what it was going to cost before you brought them in to give you a quote no. like <laughs> none whatsoever contractor you would have no idea yeah right and yet <laughs> if you have if you bring that contractor in and all he speaks is contractor language mm-hmm. all he says is a bunch of words you don't get what's the one thing you're going to focus on you're going to focus on price Mm-hmm. So we need to change the way we talk to our customers. We need mm-hmm. to change the language that we're using. And we also need to focus on what is actually the problems your customers have. Mm-hmm. I would say to me, that is the number one issue I see in marketing. Sales and marketing are like peanut butter and jelly. Uh, they go <laughs> together so well, but uh, you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. But 
so much marketing is done. Look at me, look at me, look at me. It's yeah. all about me. And I get it. You got to know, like, and trust somebody, but just because you know somebody and you like them and you trust them doesn't mean they solve your problem. True. No, like, and trust is only the first step. You've got to get them to try, buy, repeat, and refer. Because if they're not willing to try it, they're never going to buy it. And if they're not going to buy it, they can't repeat or refer. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the money is. Marketing deals with no, like, and trust. Sales deals with try, buy, repeat, and refer. So they all go together and you've got to have them all together. And when we like, I'm trying to think of who the name was. Oh, I want to, I want to say it's like Dan Sullivan or something. I'll have to look it up and I'll get Ashley, the name of the um, writer that I got that from. But what he talks about in the book is the fact that um, you can know somebody really, really well, you can really, really like them. But if somebody else has a better offer, not price, but a better offer that helps Mm -hmm. you understand and better solve your problem, you're going to go with them. And, you know, that's true. Even um, I've talked to a lot of travel advisors who are like, I can't believe my friend booked online or booked somewhere else or things like that Mm -hmm. because that other source solved their problem better. When you sell travel, you solve problems. And if you don't understand how to solve the problem, you're never going to get them. Mm. And that's the biggest thing. Like you said, when people call in and they're like, can I get a trip to Mexico for 700? The instinct's like, yeah, in 1992. (laughs) But, you know, but the thing is, is you also have to say to them, you know, unfortunately, that's not really realistic in today's Mm -hmm. world. Can I ask what it is? Like, is that the price point you can afford or is that just what you think it should cost? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I heard if I ask for real cheap, you'll find me something cheap. <laughs> and it's true. In Canada, we have a lot of what we call sell-offs from the charters. Who knows what it's going to look like as time goes on. But in the past, there was those. There were some last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, drove me bonkers that they would do that. Because then we built an entire society that waited for last minute. I lived in South Florida. That's all people did was wait till the last minute to jump on those cruises. So, right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Same yeah. idea. And yeah. so uh, you can't build a business off of that. So mm-hmm. you have to re-educate your people. The number one way to re-educate them is to stop selling low-end properties because the higher-end ones don't go on sale or not to that effect and things like that. Yeah. Really making sure that people understand and that you rethink it. And I'm going to give you like my favorite nugget of all time. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. I never use the word budget because budget is a terrible negative connotation because Mm. when you say what's your budget, the instinct is, oh, they're going to spend all of it because they want to know how high (laughs) you'll go. Right. Right. So without fail, you will almost always get 1500 a person. (laughs) Right. Yeah. What is that Canada to us dollars? What is the trans? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like $2 and 50 cents. But you know, it's it's about that. But I learned this from watching say yes to the dress. They do not ask, or at least they didn't used to. I don't know. I don't get those channels anymore. But Mm -hmm. when they first came out, they never asked what's your budget. They said, is there a price point you're comfortable with? Mm. And simply by changing from what's your budget to, is there a price point you're comfortable with? Mm-hmm. I went from 1500 being the answer to, you know, 
probably like 1800 to 2200. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if it has to be a little more, it can be a little more. Yeah. By changing one question, I instantly grew my budget by anywhere from three to seven or more hundred dollars per person with an identical client. Yeah. And that can be a huge difference, it, mm-hmm. not just for their experience, but also your commission. So exactly. Well, and the thing is, <laughs> when you get them to start talking about other things, suddenly mm-hmm. when they say, you know, 15 or 18 to 22, it was not uncommon to move them all the way up to 3,500 or 4,000 mm-hmm. because suddenly it wasn't money wasn't the option. Mm-hmm. We were now discussing value mm-hmm. and value is the experience for the money you spend. It's not based on price. Yeah. And so we're able to have new conversations and that leads me then to my next favorite word, which was compromise hmm. because I never talked price until after we talked about what they wanted to experience. Right. Then we would talk about the price and find out what kind of price point they're comfortable with. And then I would go back through the notes. I'm like, okay, so you said you want this, this, this. Unfortunately, we can't get it all. So we need to compromise. Mm -hmm. Are we going to compromise on the number of dates, the quality of property, or are we going to compromise on the price point? Mm -hmm. And when you say compromise on price point, it sounds completely different than we got to up your budget. Mm, Yeah. And it's a whole different conversation psychologically with your clients. It's a whole different level that the clients, they're so much more receptive to it, so much more open to it. And best of all, when you start changing some of the language you use, you've suddenly elevated into a professional level and guess what? They pay professionals. They pay professionals fees. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. And it is like, when you think about, I'm just like imagining that conversation an agent saying, what's your budget versus the agent saying, what is the price point you're comfortable with? For some reason, I visualize two different people saying that. And the budget person is like a transactional old school travel agent. Absolutely. And the other one is the modern day, like high service, high touch. But I'm actually going to change your wording just a little bit from what you said. Because you said, what is the price point you're comfortable with? Mm -hmm. You need to say, is there a price point that you're comfortable with? Oh, is there a price point you're comfortable with? Because what puts a tight parameter on it again? Is there a price point that you're comfortable with? Is very open-ended. Yeah. It's very um, open to exploration. Mm -hmm. And it's funny how changing one word will change the entire perception of how it goes. Because instead of... The other thing is, is what is part of like the big five, who, what, where, when, why. So therefore who, what, where, when, why almost goes back to an interrogation level. <laughs> Whereas when, and I learned that one, sorry, I'm going to chase another little squirrel here. One of the outside sales agents that used to work for me was a paramedic. Uh-huh. Tell me, she's like, my consultations are terrible. Like nobody wants to book with me after I do a consultation. I'm like, okay, well let's walk through it. So she tells me, she goes through it. And I'm like, do you ever take a breath? like well why and I'm like because it was like rapid fire she's like well I got to get the questions I I need the answers but because she was a paramedic her entire job is to get all of the triage triage as fast as humanly possible to know what medication she can give you right so I actually uh in our travel sales authority we talk about the fact that consultations are not interrogations (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, so you've got to really relax them and you've got to mm -hmm. make sure that you've got the wording just right. And again, it's just, it's taking out the who, what, where, when, why you're still going to get who, what, where, when, why answered, mm -hmm. but you're not going to use those specific words. Oh, that was very, uh, an interesting, um, vignette you shared because I have a military intelligence background and I'm pretty sure I've fallen into the same trap that your paramedic friend has. <laughs> yeah. My, my husband uh, has some security intelligence and things like that. So the way he asks questions, the way I ask questions, totally Very different. different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I think we could talk on this forever, but um, it's a podcast, so we're going to have to <laughs> wrap it up. Maybe we can have you back some other time, but I would love for you to share what's going on in the evolution of your business, especially around this topic of sales. If you could real quick, let people know how they can learn more from you. And of course we will link information in the show notes for you to access that directly. Tell us Absolutely. what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm really excited to um, let everybody know we have a actual program that we do. It is a 12 week group coaching program and it's uh, the travel sales authority. And you can find it by going to my website, artofsellingtravel.com. And if you actually go to artofsellingtravel.com slash waitlist, we're going to have um, a link there so that you can get on the waitlist for when the doors open again. This year for 2021, we're only opening it twice. Um, we opened it back in May and we're going to be opening it again um, early fall. And, um, and then I'm not quite sure when we'll be opening it in 22, if we'll do once or twice. So it is something you definitely want to be a part of. In that program, we go through discussing the different personalities. You know, everybody talks about, you got to have your process. This is what you got to say. The reality is you got to talk to everybody based on what their personality is. Because if they're all about helping everybody else, you know, it's all about making sure that the trip is for everybody else versus the one that wants every Instagram selfie, they're going to have different desires, different True. needs, different <laughs> thought processes. We also go through how to write up proposals that people will actually pay for, how to do a consultation properly, how to go over the objections, how to do frankly, ask for the sale. Mm -hmm. That's the number one reason travel advisors aren't getting the sale is because they didn't ask for it. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're going to go through all that. Also on the art of selling travel um, website, you were just, you'll see our seven ways that travel advisors sabotage their own sales. That is an awesome little PDF. Um, these are seven ways I used to sabotage my own sales. So don't feel bad. This is something almost everybody does. And it's little things like they send off an email that says, let me know if you have any questions. That's not asking for the sale. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, the big ghost off, yeah. it's usually the client didn't ghost you, you ghosted the client because we always have to look at it from the perspective of the client. So mm -hmm. you're going to see lots of tips and tricks and things like that on the website. So just head over to artofsellingtravel.com and you will discover it all there. That sounds fantastic. And I could see that being super useful for agency owners with their sub agents. Do you do any special, and I'm putting you on the spot right now. Do you do any <laughs> special stuff for agency owners in terms of, you know, actually I, yeah, I have a big mouth, so I <laughs> everything. Okay. <laughs> I'm such an open book. You're never going to be able to, <laughs> I don't keep secrets. Um, but yeah, I actually, with the, um, travel sales authority, I have actually with large host agencies, 
they've reached out to me and I have done exclusive group program just for their team. Cool. So we actually were just in the process of one as we're recording the po- podcast right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only their team and I'm actually delivering it live for them. So they get 12 weeks with me um, right in there. And each week we go through a different module and we work it all the way through. They're getting all their Q and A done and things like that. So there is options. Um, so the best bet is just to shoot me an email, um, Glenda at the art of selling travel.com. And, um, and then that way we can go over and find out, you know, what best suits you. Uh, we also do, you know, private one-to-one and keynotes and things like that. But, uh, there's usually a service available for everybody on that process. Oh, okay. So agency owners and independent contractor agents alike, um, I suppose even employees definitely check out what Glenda's got going on. And, um, I just want to thank you again for joining us, Glenda. It's, it's always awesome to talk to you because like I said, there's always a mind blown moment (laughs) (laughs) that I have with you. And I learned something new. I didn't know your, um, your origins story, so to speak before. I, I can't believe how I never knew that, but that's pretty cool. So be sure to join us next time for our next podcast. And don't forget to, if you can, rate and review and share. Share the podcast with other travel advisors. And thanks for joining us. Hey guys, thanks for listening. We hope you got something great out of today's episode. If you are wondering where you are out of balance in your travel business, take our free quiz at kinshiptravelacademy.com backslash quiz to find out and receive free resources to help bring you into alignment in your travel business. And if you enjoyed today's episode, take a screenshot and share it on social media. Be sure to tag us at Kinship Travel Academy or hashtag TravelBizCEO. Also, if you loved us, don't forget to leave a review and be sure to hit subscribe. Here's to you. See you at the next level.